0: Welcome to the Acoustic You Podcast, guys. I am your host, Cheyenne Williams, and if you are here to find the real, raw, unapologetic version of ourselves, you have came to the right place. So if you're ready, I'm ready, let's lock arms and let's go out and change the world. Awesome. So welcome to the show. I have a special guest with us today, Dimitri Fisher. We go way back to the boy have cooties years. We've been rocking through track, middle school, elementary school. We reconnected through social media and now I want him to share his story with you. So go ahead and take it away. Introduce yourself. Tell the people what you're up to and we'll dive
1: into it. All right. Uh, yes, yeah, so I'm Dimitri Fisher, like she said. Um, currently uh, at UCLA, uh, getting ready to graduate my master's in nursing, um, which I'll then transition to a uh, doctorate. Um, once I finish this program, I'm working a little bit back Black School, it's a three year program. Uh, we pretty much have been in school, um, done some stuff in the meantime. Like you said, like, yeah, we ran track as a kid. so way 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 back um but yeah just school um doing different projects and uh just really just making the most out of life you know uh, while i'm still got air in my lungs
0: yeah definitely life is too short so you're always going to take advantage of the dates you have um i love that so how did you get into the like medical field or the nursing field like kind of like what brought you to that avenue because usually there's this stereotype where they usually think of like women being nurses, but are there more men nurses or like, how did you kind of come into that field?
1: Uh Yeah, no, nah, it's a good question. Um, so ultimately, well, what got me into healthcare, I, I grew up like riding their bike, skateboarding and all that stuff. So like, I've always liked adventure action stuff. I ride a motorcycle now still, um, okay. and really just like love that side of life. Um, and I feel like you get a lot of that in the hospital, especially in, like, um, certain settings. Yeah. You get that same kind of rush and reward. Um But, yeah, I mean, I used to watch, like, Scarred and, like, a bunch of hospital shows growing up as a kid. And, um, you know, played football and stuff like that. So, like, blood and all that never really bothered me. Mm-hmm. Um, and... Yeah, I remember I was actually, I was, I was homeschooled for a bit when I was younger, and my I have really bad handwriting, and my grandma would always make fun of me, like, oh, you got chicken scratch handwriting, like, you should be a doctor, and that was the first time I was like, yeah, I could be a doctor, like, that's what I'm gonna do, like, I'm gonna actually be a doctor, and then watching the shows and everything, I was like, I can, like, that could be me, like, I, I watch it, and I'm fascinated, and I look up to these, like, characters, you know, like, that's so dope, like, they really, like, help, you know, like, like, that person back together and i was like that could be me and uh yeah it's pretty much followed that path um and then what was it 2010 i was um competing in the junior olympics that year and thank god it was in sacramento like usually the i think the year after was in new orleans like usually it's it's a different state every year but that year it was kind of local so uh my grandma she actually got really really sick while i was out there i think it was it was at the um the qualifier meet so it was the week before or it was that week i can't remember
0: but um
1: she had like a pancreatitis and so she had to get rushed to the hospital and she was put on the ventilator and like and like like medicine just coming, like all that type of stuff so i was like dang like that was my first time actually not seeing it on tv being in the hospital yeah. and i was like oh snap like it was a it was kind of like a in between like shock it was shock all around but it was in between like good and bad shock i was like well it's my grandma like like, like having machines breathe for her. But at the same time, I was like, whoa, this is awesome. Like all the equipment, all the doctors and nurses just kind of in the background, like checking in on us and then doing their job. And then like, it was just like, so like symbiotic and it was just like mesmerizing. And so like, uh, like a unit, like unison. It was just like playing sports, you know, everyone had their job, everyone did their role trusted the next person and the job got done. And oh, I mean, she's still alive today. That was 2010, so she's still alive today. Um, kind of got first introdu- introduction into nursing. Um, we didn't want to put her in a nursing home after. So we brought her home for her recovery. And then we had like a home health nurse come a couple days out of the week. And so uh, the days they weren't there, like we had to like, she had a, a ostomy. So we had to learn how to clean her ostomy and like all that. And like flush her lines with saline and just like, um, you know, gauze and wounds and like all that. So it was just yeah. really, um, cool like I was in eighth grade ninth grade learning how to do those fundamental tasks you know and then the nurse when she came she would like kind of give me a rundown of what she was doing why she was doing it and stuff and I was like yo this is dope like I actually can you know do this you know Like, and, and it's not something that, that I don't find interesting either yeah. so yeah just kind of really stuck with that continued on that journey um, ultimately I want to do anesthesiology. So that's, that's my end goal is, uh, I'm be an anesthesiologist. So, um, I've always wanted to do that particular aspect of medicine. I, I found like just the, the neuroscience of drugs to be very interesting, whether it's prescription or recreational, um, it's just, it's just fascinating to me how a compound or, uh, you know, a substance, whether naturally derived or chemically derived, like elicits certain responses and, you know, targets certain receptors and hormones and how, you know, it just, it just, they do so many different things, whether it's a painkiller or whether it's a cocaine, you know, uppers and downers and all that. It's just very, 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 very interesting to me. And um, yeah, I remember I was in, it was, honestly, a lot of, a lot of my, Like, my, like, God kind of did a lot in, like, one year where it was, like, solidifying that's the path that I was meant to go down, because that happened with my grandma, and then I started, like, I started middle school, and then that's when I was first, like, exposed to, like, drugs with my friends and stuff like that, and even though I wasn't doing them, like, I was always, you know, I was never someone who's going to pass judgment. Like, you make a decision that I may not agree with, I don't make a decision you don't agree with, you know what I mean? but it was interesting watching and seeing um, like them and their older siblings or whatever it may be, like do different drugs and then react and respond differently. And I was like, wow, this is crazy. Like, there's gotta be a way where like, this is, this is powerful. Like I know that this has to be some sort, there has to be some sort of medical application for this. So literally God was like, Google what doctors do with drugs. I kid you not, I remember it like it was yesterday. And so I got pharmacist and the anesthesiologist, I had never heard of the word. I didn't know how to spell it. Like, never met an anesthesiologist before. Like, I didn't even know it was a thing. But I was like, oh, it's interesting. And I was like, I definitely want to be a pharmacist because, you know, like, that sounds boring. I'm, I'm, I feel like I'm too social for that. And then, granted, OR saying is not very social, but the anesthesiologist is in the OR. And then it ties back to me enjoying the blood, me enjoying all that nasty stuff and, like, that puts me in that in that place. So ever since the yeah, eighth grade, I've been on that journey um, for anesthesiology. Um, but it, it, it's, it's been a long journey, this learning there's so many nuances within the medical field. Um, I always told myself, like, I don't really care about the title of doctor, I don't really care about um, like necessarily going to med school and like being a doctor per se like for prestige or nothing like that i just want to do what i enjoy and just be able to live a nice comfortable life and provide for my family ultimately you know so but i also love people so i really want to interact with my patients like i know some doctors are very antisocial. there's a lot of doctors who are on the spectrum you know what i mean a lot of people don't know that that's something that's not talked about so a crazy. lot too.
0: i did not know that
1: Yeah, there's a lot of doctors who are very intelligent people, but the reason why they're so socially awkward and the reason why they might be weird or like kind of just kind of not rude, but just like it's like.
0: Like the bedside manner.
1: Yeah, you know, it's because, dude, this person is slightly autistic. You know what I mean? Like there's a lot of doctors slightly on the spectrum. You talk to people in medical school and stuff like that Mm -hmm. and you ask them that question, they're like, yeah. But, but it's but but it's not a bad thing, you know what I mean? But we do need more doctors who are social, you know? And also, too, I feel like as I got older and went on my journey, I learned that, a, you know, a lot of doctors spend a lot of time at work. That, and then meeting people whose parents were doctors, just observing the dynamics of the relationship, they weren't very close with their parents because yeah. their parents were great providers but not very active in their life because they were too busy being a doctor or, you know, whatever. And I know that that's not what I want. I mean, you, you, you grew up, you saw my dad coach me every, everything everywhere. And I want to be that type of dad too. So, um, as I got older and did different programs, I learned about what's called CRNA, which is a certified nurse anesthetist, which is and the next like This was, I learned about this in 2016. And since then, That field is still in the infancy stage, but it has gotten so much political lobbying and bills passed in their favor to where they're on their way to like, I wouldn't say phasing out in general anesthesiologists, but kind of close. It's been been a big shift in the political side of healthcare where um, like you go to a clinic or you need a checkup or a physical or whatever, there's a lot of, the high chance that you're seeing an FMP, yes. which is a family nurse practitioner, which they can assess, prescribe, diagnose. So they're pretty much phasing out the role of a general family physician. Like no one is really going to medical school to become a general family practice physician anymore. Yeah. You know, so it's kind of a similar thing happening on this side of the world of medicine. Um, so I'm fortunate enough to find that, have found that out early, been int- introduced to that early, and then I thank God because I was like, oh my God, this is perfect for me because I can work said hours, I can still be active in my family life, I can still make good money doing it, and I can do exactly what I love, because at the end of the day, your, your background is still nursing. Yeah. You know what I mean? So whereas in medical school, you're just learning book work, bookwork, and each person is a puzzle, not a patient. My background is nursing. Each person is a person, you know what I mean? And then we're gonna solve their problems. So you even you even address care differently, even when you get to that anesthesiology place. Cause when I get into the next phase of my education, it's gonna be puzzle, everyone is a puzzle, because you're solving these complex cases. But I didn't get there without the four or five years of everyone's a person and you, you can't forget that part. So yeah. yeah, that's how I that long story short. That, that's no, that, I love that. Yeah, that, that's how I got to where I am now. It, it's always mm-hmm. been anesthesia. I didn't care how I got there. And I was very blessed to find out early on this way of getting there and uh, yeah because i just i never wanted to just be someone who doesn't interact with his patients because I, I think to me that's the most rewarding part of the job is when yeah you see someone come in and you see someone walk out so much better and you know their family and you could work with them and talk with them and just because i that's that's what got me into it you know what i mean when my grandma got sick that's what got me into it was coming in being in shock seeing my mom hysteric you know seeing my my dad consoling her and then the nurses consoling them and then walking through that process all the nurses along the way answering questions easing worry easing doubt making it more easy to digest what is going on and then ultimately walking you out the door and saying whoa you know here you go here's your your chance here's another chance at life you know what i mean so i think that that's really cool and sometimes you don't get to do that as a doctor or you do but you don't spend as much time with the patients as you do as a nurse
0: yeah yeah. I love that. And like, it's kind of interesting to hear from like a medical perspective versus like the field of mental health that I know. Cause like mm-hmm. I, in that field, like I'm not knocking it, but it's all about like senses and numbers and insurance. And like, mm-hmm. we can't diagnose this cause you're not getting paid for that. And so it's mm-hmm. like very political and that kind of mm-hmm. what turned me away from it was because I was like you, I was like, I genuinely want to help people. Like, mm-hmm. I battled with my own mental health, because of like the trauma that I've experienced, like I was a physical and sexual abuse survivor. And I was like, I just genuinely want to like help people like I know what that felt like to not have help. And like, I just genuinely want to help people. But you couldn't do that with traditional, like mental health. Mm -hmm. And so I kind of stirred away into more of like the counseling, because I didn't have to fit into those insurance guidelines. And then doing mindset because then you had even like the mindset coaching, you have free range because you're a coach and you have complete say over how you run your business. And so it's just interesting to hear it from like a medical standpoint where you're like, yeah, like doctors, you know, one is really cool to hear that they're like autistic. Cause I never would have thought that. But like, it's also interesting to hear how that kind of dictated you going the nursing route too was because you just genuinely wanted to like connect with people and so beautiful. Um, but like, I would love to hear like, the whole, like, what is your mindset behind that? Because like, obviously doing five, six years of schooling, and then having what another like three, four years after that, and with like residency, and all of that stuff that goes into it, was there a lot of like, mindset blocks where you're just like, what did I get myself into? Like, ever feeling like you wanted to drop out? Or was this kind of always just like, like what kind of kept you
1: going um if there was anything else i'd be in the world to be a formula one race car driver and so (laughs) i don't see myself doing anything else honestly i never really have you know like i've 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 been blessed with one being exposed to a lot of things as, as like as a young kid uh-huh. So so knowing what it's like to actually enjoy something and be passionate about something versus thinking I am. Uh-huh. Um, and then I've also, just my personality, I put myself out there to experience um, different things. So uh, I, I, I feel like I have a good understanding of myself. And so through that, I've known and been at peace with like, this is my calling. Like I was sent on this earth to be, a healer, you know, what I mean, and, and and to experience life to my fullest capability. And so this allows me to adhere to my healing component, but also allows me to afford the experience component, you know, and it just makes complete sense for me. It always has like, there's nothing else that's checked all the boxes, you know what I mean? Because, like, I didn't honestly, and the crazy thing is, I, I didn't know until like, Four, I'd say four, four years ago to 25 now, you're probably like four or five years ago, like my senior year, mm-hmm. maybe like my junior year, junior year of undergrad. I didn't know how much anesthesiologists made. I didn't know they were the top paying doctors. I just, I just known from eighth grade until now that that's what I wanted to do because I knew it made a good amount. I knew it, I knew it was in the hospital. And yeah. I know whenever I see someone in scrubs, they got more like, money. <laughs> they living all right. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, they're living all right. So, like, I never really, like, never really cared about that. Also, too, I was going to school on scholarship and living, you know, with my family before then. So, I never really thought about money in that sense. Now, I think about it a little more that I'm entering the real world of bills and potential family, yeah. you know, having to pay for, you know, when a time comes, my kids' schools and they're this and that. I'm like, okay, I got to start thinking about that. But um, before I didn't really care. So I was just like, I want to do this because this is what I want to do and it's interesting. And like, it was so heavy put on my heart, like that. Like I was just so enamored by the science behind it that I was like, this is something that I could totally, totally do. And um, I I knew early on, like I had to test that theory because there's a lot of things that sound good, and then you do it, and it's like, mm, you know what I mean? Or, yeah. you know, whatever. So um, so my senior year of high school, oh, actually, my junior high school, I got nominated by one of my teachers at school to do this 10-day ten, ten program at Johns Hopkins for high school students interested in medicine.
0: That's so
1: dope. So, yeah, it was a blessing. And so um, I went there, did that, and I met a bunch of kids from all over the U.S., We were all like juniors in high school, seniors in high school. And we, so Johns Hopkins has the largest cadaver lab. I'm pretty sure they still do because it's a heavy research hospital. And we got to, man, like not play with, but like, you know, look at and, and see like cadavers. And I was like, whoa, this is the actual dead body. This is insane, you know? And then we got to go to the neuro lab where we were actually holding like, uh brain plastids and like mummified brains and looking at brains and like talking to the phd neuroscience students about their research and stuff I was like yo this is so sick and then so that next year I came back home told my dad I was like you know what like I, I even if I got a scholarship to play football in college I like I'm I, I wouldn't want to do it and I I had been I have been um I had been like told that i could get academic scholarships i was like you know what i'm I'm gonna believe on that i'm a i'm a crazy faith like that's what i'm gonna get so like i was like i don't i don't i don't even really like my senior my junior year i wasn't even like really in love with football anymore i was like this isn't really what i want to do like my dad played football he has so many new surgeries he has arthritis now i'm like i don't honestly like i look at you and like you're still in great shape and you're healthy but you're not comfortable, you know what I mean? Like, you can't yeah. even bend your your one of your knees all the way or straighten it all the way out. Like, I, I want to touch my toes as long as I'm alive, you know what I mean? So, <laughs> to me, like, the but for him, you know, sports is what kept him out of gangs and got him out of the hood, you know? That was his way out. So he has a different mm-hmm. reverence for sports than anyone I know, so I understand it. But for me, sports was just fun until it was like, okay, well, that was fun, you know? Now, uh, yeah. it's not what I'm passionate about. So my senior year, i was like this is it sports football it was great track was my main sport anyway so i kept running track but i was like football's whatever i'm I'm not gonna play anymore and then there's a hospital uh valley presbyterian in van nuys and they have a volunteer program so I, i literally looked up volunteer programs around the city and i think someone told me about that and i applied so i instead of playing football that football season i volunteered like two days a week after school in the er and then that was like super dope i was like okay now i'm doing hands-on stuff i'm really learning i'm really seeing how the hospital works like yeah i can do this like this this is totally me you know what i mean and so although i didn't get to do the or or whatever i got to get some er not much trauma but some cool experience and i was like okay this is what i want to do every little step further established yes i like this i love this i want to know yeah. more i want to know more so continued on a long road of doing programs and externships, internships, this and that, and then just really solidified that I do like it. And I never hit a dull moment. I never hit a moment where I was like, I can't do this, or I don't know if I want to do this, because everything just kind of further perpetuated that that drive. And uh, I mean, the only thing maybe freshman or undergrad, because one thing about knowing I wanted to do something for so long is like you said, that road looks even longer. Like I was eighth grade, like I was like 14 years old yeah. and I'm like, oh crap, I'm going to be in school. until I'm 35. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That's 20 yeah. years. Like that's a long time, you know, but I remember my freshman year undergrad, it was like, it was like one, it was like one week. I remember I was like, oh my God, like, cause you know, freshman year undergrad, like yeah. you're taking classes that you took sophomore senior year of high school. You yeah. Know? And then, yeah, yeah I'm like, crap, I got four years of this, four years of medical school, school, then residency. I was like, this is, this is a long time. Like, I just want to like be making money and doing what I want to do and like traveling and like yeah. not taking these classes, you know. So I remember one week I would like do all my work and like I was in Nashville, so there's nothing to do, it was super boring. And I, I remember I took like like ZQL, you know, like, like yeah, help you yeah. sleep. I was like, I have nothing to do, like I'm so bored. So and I just want the, I just want this to speed up. So I took ZQL for like two days, like after I finished my work, I would I took it like, at like eight o'clock, whatever, and just go to sleep so I'd wake up and the day would come and go quicker. And then I was like, you know what? Like, I think, like, I remember it, it was like Saturday and I was like, whoa, the week's over already. And I just remember having an epiphany, like, nah, bro. Like at the end of the day, you're still 18 at the time. You're still 18 years old. Like these 18 until, you know, you are 35 are some of your most exciting years of life, supposedly. So even though you have that end goal in mind and you know you're going to get there you're going to get from a to z you need to enjoy that process so from that moment on i told myself that i was going to do everything in my ability to enjoy the process as much as possible as well and that is what's going to make my days go by faster fill my days with new experiences and stuff like that because it is a long road it's 10 years of school after high school yeah. You know what i mean like that's that's a long time you know and there's some days where it's like it's not like what am i doing why am i doing this because for me i know exactly why i'm doing it but some days are a little tougher than others it's like yeah. i don't feel like doing no work today right you know what i mean <laughs> yeah but it's, it's always an goal it's always an yeah. end goal you know
0: yeah, definitely, and I totally get it, because I was talking to one of my friends the other day, and I was like, yeah, like, I was in school for 20 years with, like, masters and college. I was like, dude, I've literally never done anything other than school, and so I totally get you, and literally the entire time you were talking, I was, like, getting a full-body chills, because, like, the only thing I, like, kept hearing was, like, passion and pleasure, and, like, that is so important, like, when doing just any career. Like I think about these people who like work because they have to do that job or like work because they think it's the right thing to do or work because it's a good paying job, but like, they're not passionate about it. Mm -hmm. And like, I've always like, like that's one thing I'm big on is doing something I'm passionate about. Like I want to live life, not live Mm -hmm. for the weekends type of thing. Mm -hmm. And literally just hearing you talk, I was just like, Oh my gosh, he's totally doing that and it's really cool, and then, like, the growth mindset behind that, right, because, like, you know, being in school that long, like, I totally get you, like, it's, like, just looking towards our end game, right, like, oh, we still got another 15 years, oh, we still got another 10 years, and it's, like, you can get so caught up to where that could, like, take you out, but, like, having that growth mindset of, like, focusing on the journey, focusing on the effort you put into it, enjoying the process, learning the lessons through the failures and all of that stuff, like along the way, like not a lot of people our age have that mentality. And so like, that's just really awesome for you to like have that and have had that at such a young age. Um, but like, have you like during this time? Cause like, for me personally, like when I was in this process of like getting my counseling certificate and like internships and all of this stuff, like through the growth, like I kind of lost some friends along the way. Um, And like, have you ever experienced that to where some of your friends thought that like, maybe you were too good for them now or like you were more successful than them. So they were like low key hating on you. Or like, did you get any of that pushback or, or like what was your experience?
1: Um, that's a good question. Um, I, w- I wouldn't say that I would say this, though, because I, I've I, I'm a very like I, I lived on my own. I've lived on my own for a long time. So like literally since I probably been, lived on my own, like no roommates since like 2016. So I go on six years now so I spend a lot of time with myself but I'm an extrovert but like yeah I I like my time with myself so I think a lot and I'm very like I try to be introspective so I've been going through a a new level of introspection and one thing I've come to realize is that I don't know if I'm the best at keeping friends or having friends to be honest interesting um and and I say that because one, my dad. He's he's an introvert, introvert, total introvert, mm-hmm. antisocial. He hates restaurants. He hates amusement parks. He hates public places. He because yeah. uh, he he's a he's an ex bodyguard, like executive protection. So he sees danger back to the wall. Knows yeah. everything. He just doesn't. He just gets uncomfortable around a lot of people. Yeah. So he stays home, and he doesn't. He I don't know his whole you know life experience, but he doesn't really like people. So. I've never, and then my mom, she's just about her family. You know what I mean? So I never really grew up seeing friend dynamics. I never really grew up hearing them. Like, I I know relationship dynamics, you know, watching them, but I don't really know friend dynamics because they don't really have friends, you know? Yeah. And and then, uh, like, I was born in L.A. A lot of people don't know I was born in Inglewood and lived in South Central for like three years until my sister was born. Then that's when we moved to Palmdale to get away from that environment. Mm-hmm. And then I was in Palmdale, but I was homeschooled until fifth grade. So I played sports, but I was homeschooled. So I didn't really learn those social structures. I mean, I did through sports, but sports is vibe, yeah. so I know how to vibe with the homies, you know what I mean? But like, I didn't, I wasn't really tripping on girls or kicking it with girls for that yeah. point, you know? Um, yeah. And then I went to school in Palmdale from six to, like for three years, I went to school in Palmdale. And then I commuted to the Valley. To Sierra Canyon, and then you know, and then high school at Charnaud and Crespi. So, I think all that moving around, I never really formed or established friendships. And then it was, was kind of like a military kid, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's yeah, just like, well, yeah. oh, I'm bouncing around. it's so like, I make friends. I'm social. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I could vibe with anybody. It's not like I'm awkward, but it's almost like, well. If this works, however, it's supposed to work. I don't know what it looks like because I never really grew up around friendship relationships. Yeah. And then being commuting from Palmdale to the Valley, it was hard for. I couldn't really hang out with my Palmdale friends, mm-hmm. you know. So I then I had to make a new network out here, and, then and I went you Yeah, and then I go from this school to that school, and then it's like when I want to hang out in the Valley, I have to stay for the weekend at my whoever my yeah. homie is at that school. You know what I mean? So it's like. I but I do have friends. I still have friends from Palmdale that I'm that I'm cool with that I grew up playing pop corner with that we keep in touch with. I still have friends from every school I go to. Um but I and but I think that that also produced a buffer because my whole life it's been like, oh yeah, like like it, it's always been like D's the boy, but like D's always handling this business because it's like Bro, you in eighth grade why are you going to school out there why are you going to high school out there oh why are you going to that school you know what i mean because yeah. oh, they, they, they have a better program it's a better opportunity for me duh, duh, duh. so they i think they always understood like hey d's getting it you know what i mean so it's always it's, it, it it wasn't like for some people it's like what's going on we used to do this and do that and do that and now you want to be better i've always had that like drive for excellence or been pushed to be in that situation, so it's kind of been part of my identity. So I don't think that um, I've lost friends. I'd say um, there's people I've lost contact with, yeah. but at the end of the day, I feel like there was respect in the relationship to where if I hit them up, they hit me up. It's all love. You yeah, know? and most of my like my friends because I'm a very social person, so I have a large network, but I have a very small circle. There, there's. Yeah. I can count, I can I can name who my friends are. I can tell you right now on the, by my hands who calls me randomly to just say, hey, bro, how you been? I hope you have a good day. You know what I mean? Hey, I'm just calling to say what's up. I can tell you who my friends are. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and those people, I've been blessed that they're also go-getters too. So it's never a competition. It's more so like we're always rooting each other on. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I love that. And you, like, bring up a good point because I – traveled a lot for school, you know, going to yeah, school yeah. at Alameda and all these other things. And so, like, I totally get you on that life. Uh, and it's really interesting. And, like, also with, like, just the small circle, like, I get that, too, because, like, I'm very inter- like, extroverted also. Like, I'm a social butterfly. Like, I can show up somewhere and pretend I know everybody in the room and not know a soul. But like, at the same time, I'm like you, like, I can name you five people that like, genuinely are my friends and like, earn that title. And like, I think that's just like, and they're the same way, like, they're all go getters, entrepreneurs, like badass women. And I believe that like, you are like a culmination of like the five people you hang around. And so it's like, I'm very, even though I'm social, I'm very strict on my time and energy. Like, I don't Mm -hmm. give it to everybody. Right. And so I just, like, have that mad respect for you that, like, you kind of are just, like, this is my path, this is my journey. Like, if you're meant to be on there, you're going to be on there. If not, like, it's okay, I'll love you from a distance type of thing. And not, a, like I said, not a lot of people have that mentality, especially, like, young ones. Like, we're only 25, and, like, being able to, like, see where we are and where we came from, like, it's just so crazy, but, like, so inspirational, too. Mm. Um, so I absolutely love that. Um, I know you do have, like, crazy schedules, so, like, I'll, let, like, respect you of your time, but, like,
1: real quick. Oh, no, you're before... good. I got, like, an hour.
0: Okay, awesome. So, yeah. like, one, like, just a couple more nuggets. Like, how, I guess, like, moving forward in your life, like, how do you look at your future? Like, are you very, like, present-focused, or do you look at everything in, like, a long-term?
1: Um... A mix of both right because like like that's a good question though because like i told you earlier <clears throat> where when i was younger i was i was future focused i remember i was like i remember i was a young kid who was like i can't wait to grow up i can't wait to drive i can't <laughs> wait to be older i can't wait to and then all my aunts and uncles would be like man you better enjoy your you know enjoy being a kid you know and i've always been like that and i've always been told like i'm an old soul and like. Um, I'll go to my friends' houses and I'll end up having a conversation with their parents for like yeah. an hour or two while they're chilling, you know what I mean? But like just getting put on so much game and wisdom, you know what I mean? Um, and then when I got to when I got to that moment in undergrad where I was just trying to get to the end, whatever that was, I realized I'm the type of person who's always going to be doing something. So even when I complete this milestone, I'm going to be on another goal. I might, you know, whatever it is, starting a business or opening a restaurant or getting into the real estate game and all that, I'm always going to be having big goals that are going to take time to achieve. Yeah. And so I realized then if I don't, if I don't practice being present and if I don't enjoy this present moment, then before I know it, my whole life is going to be a blur. And by the time I'm 80, whatever, at the end, I'm going to be like, I got, I finally made it. I finally did it. But whoa, what happened? You know what I mean? I missed out on all of that, you know? So really just find that balance because it's important while it's important to be future minded, it's important to be present minded, it's important to be present minded, it's important to be future minded. Um, But I do just, I, I do, I do have a thing now where I'm like, okay, What am I supposed to be taking care of now? Am I taking care of that? Okay, good. Everything else is going to work itself out, you know? So, like, I I have, like, a five-year threshold on what I heavily will work on. So, like, I've already established connections for my next program. So, like, I'm already in in conversations with the directors of the programs I want to do my doctorate at, which I'm going to apply for in 2025. So, I'm future-minded in that sense, but I'm also, like, it's, you know, Right now or later tonight, I might go get drinks. You know what yeah. I mean. I have tomorrow <laughs> off, so I might go get drunk in Santa Monica. You know what I mean. Yeah. Like I'm also going to enjoy this. Or if someone hits me up is like, "Yo, you trying to like, like, uh, exactly. you know, watch yeah. a movie or go get a dinner or whatever," I'm going to do that. I'm not going to be like, "Nope, nope." I, 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 you know what I mean. Like yeah. just finding finding that that balance because that's that's important. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. That's awesome. And I kind of catch myself because I'm very future i guess mm. like i'm very like if it, it's not going to benefit me like personally like personal growth wise financial wise whatever like i don't want time for that but then like i catch myself where it's like no like sometimes i'm so stuck in the hustle or so addicted mm. to the hustle and grind that i'm like Yo, shy. like, you need to chill out before you burn out.
1: Yeah. And, um, like, for yeah. me,
0: like, I need to remind myself or, like, my kids. My kids are, like, probably one of the biggest accountability buddies that I have, especially my daughter. And she'll be like, uh, Mom, it's, like, our time now, like, turn That's the good. computer yeah. off. Um, and so it's, like, I'm the very opposite. Like, I have to remind myself to be present where yeah, I literally have yeah. to, like, turn my phone off, hide it, because, like, I'm constantly checking it and, like, working. Um, so it's just really interesting to hear that like I always like to hear like two sides of it Um, but one more question before I let you go this is kind of like loaded personal but like super interesting Um, and I think it like would benefit is like just being minority and like African-American and things like that like with the world we're living in now like have you experienced any like discrimination, prejud- like prejudice, any of that like pushback being in the medical field as like a minority? Um, or like, is there kind of like this, like it hasn't impacted you, it's not what everyone thinks. Like, I'm really curious on like your perspective of
1: that. Um, That's a good question. So kind of like what, what you asked earlier, I, I never answered, but you asked like, are there a lot of men in nursing? Because mm-hmm. yeah, so no, uh, I'm a minority. Um, and even being a straight male in nursing, I am a further minority because I think in my program, it's probably like, it's probably it's 60, it's 60, maybe 50, 60 of us, probably like, I'd roughly estimate 10 guys. And I think four of them, including me, are straight. So majority of the guys in there are gay. And like majority of the nurses, you know, male nurses are gay. A lot of the male doctors are gay too. Um, and everyone else, you know, is uh, in nursing, at least are, are women. It is predominantly women, uh, predominantly female. What am I saying? It's, it's a female dominated yeah. uh, profession. Um, so I'm definitely, definitely a minority, but it's not a problem. I don't think, I think it works on my benefit um, and I, I, one the one reason the main reason I think that there's not a lot of men in nursing, let alone like heterosexual men, is because it requires you to rid yourself of a good portion of your ego because you you know what I mean, and also too um a lot of straight men are uh I, I would I would argue, like to a degree pretty homophobic. Um, and it could be because they don't know, they're questioning themselves, so it scares them to be around that, or it's just or it's just a mental construct that they've just grown up around that. In order to be a man, or in order to be an alpha male, you have to be like like yeah. you know, and especially in the black yeah. community, like you know what I mean, like you have to be a certain
0: you.
1: way. Yeah, you know what I mean? And, and it, I mean growing up like we, we growing up like we would be we would be homophobic without even knowing it, you know? Like, Gosh. I remember in middle school, like, it was just a thing. Like, anytime you said something sus, you was like, no homo, you know what I mean? Yeah. And like, even though it's lighthearted and we didn't intentionally mean to be discriminatory with that comment, it's a pretty hurtful comment, you know yeah. what I mean? Or it could be, you know, to, to to somebody else. And like, you know, like most, most older, our parents' generation, Black men are like, anything like that like keep that over there you know what i mean like that's just that's just how i went you know so it's like we just grew up to be like that was cool or that was just how you are like as a as a man like that's just that's just what it is you know um so working in a predominantly gay environment can make a lot of people uncomfortable um or you know i think more i think gay men are a lot more understanding and empathetic um people by nature not all are but most are and so you know you you get a a lot of straight dudes a lot of my buddies couldn't be nurses you know what i mean they like because you have to clean you gotta you got to hold you got to hold another man's genitals in your hand put (laughs) put in a catheter to pull out a catheter you know what i mean to to clean them if if they if they if they're like you know unable to use their arms and stuff you have to wipe booty and and then you it's know the same, <laughs> sometimes after that the patient might not even say thank you or mm-hmm. might be rude you know what i mean yeah. so you have to really be able to uh i don't know rid yourself of certain dogmas and stuff and so i think that and also too like you said like most men or most people it's like oh yeah my mom my grandma my auntie my sisters are most you know what i mean so it's just like or, or as a man, you go into that field and you tell someone, oh, I want to be a nurse, like, oh, well, why don't you just be a doctor? You know what I mean? Why don't you? So you kind of feel like you're not as successful. You didn't reach the highest heights. And it, it's a lot that I think goes into why men are a minority in the field. And also, too, historically, you know, like, women weren't allowed to be doctors and, and stuff like that. Um, at UCLA, my program there's out of my year masters and then the same graduating bachelor's classes under 20 students i'm the only black male in that out of that group so and i i don't and like i don't fault the school you know what i mean because there's a lot of black professors a lot of black administrators the 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 head uh, um, of admissions is african-american the one of the department heads is african-american they're looking for like there's 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 black women in my program you know what i mean but they're looking for black men and one i think that there's not a lot applying to i think that of the few that apply and get accepted you know they they probably got into some other schools and just chose to, to go elsewhere so i don't think it's that they're being discriminatory um but yeah i haven't seen any sheer discrimination i mean when i do go in the hospital i have my hair braided you know so People do look at me, I and I don't know. I don't want to assume. It could be like, you know, like, yeah. wow, that's awesome. Or it could be like, hey, who let him in here? I don't yeah. know, but that's not for me to waste my, my mind power over. Um, but I had a great experience personally. Um, I don't know if that's just catered to me because i always walk in with just good energy and people yes. are just like even if i didn't like you know because there's some people yeah. who are racist and they're like you know i don't really like the black people but i like you you know <laughs> i don't know you know but my experience is my experience it's been great um and i think yeah i think that especially now there's such a big push for diversity especially on the west coast mm-hmm. um, almost a mandate for diversity where people need it in order to be considered with the times. Yeah. So it almost works in my favor, if anything, being Black and then being a male. It really works in my favor because there are some heavy patients, you know what I mean? And there are some, there are, there's a lot of physical labor that goes into nursing. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of, a lot of uh, units enjoy having men on staff who can help, you know, so you don't have these women breaking their back trying to lift a 400-pound patient, you know what I mean? Yeah. You know, so I think it definitely, for me, and my experience, um, has been good. Now you ask somebody else and you might get a different answer. Yeah. Um, But personally, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of money out there. Um, I've nearly gotten, I've I've gotten probably like 80% of my school paid for, I'd say, um, since undergrad. And I think that it's not because I'm Black. I have great grades. I have, my resume speaks for itself, you know what I mean? But there are a lot of scholarships for black students, you know, and in being a minority, there are a lot of scholarships that help out minorities and such. So um, I think that people are going to be people, but it's definitely a lot of things out there that you can use for your advantage always.
0: Yeah. Oh my gosh, I love that. And I am grateful that you have that experience. Cause I do know some people who have, who have had opposite experience. Mm-hmm. Um, but being like, it, I guess it is all perspective. Cause like, I know them and like, they probably aren't walking in with positive energy. So um, it is, it does depend on the person and like the energy and the vibes you put out. Cause what you put out, you get back. So I am mm-hmm. a firm believer of that. So I love that. And I appreciate so much of your time mm-hmm. and like you taking this what, hour out with me um, to share with my listeners, to share your story, to share your truth, all of the great nuggets you had. It was really awesome. You are the first person I've had in the medical field. So it's kind of awesome for them to get something outside of mental health or like entrepreneurship. Um, but to just hear from someone who is just real raw authentic and like in a different career path. So, um, one last thing before you go, where can people find you if they want to like follow you on social, um, or
1: things like that. Uh, so yeah, my Instagram is D E M E T R I F I S H E R. Just my name, Dimitri Fisher. Um, I don't I'm not on Twitter or I'm not really on TikTok. I just kinda use Instagram. Yeah, I'm slowly turning into an an old man.
0: it's all good i'm not on any of those two i'm just on instagram so i will put in the show notes for anyone who does want to follow you but thank you so much for taking this time out with me i really really do appreciate it from the bottom of my heart and if you are wanting to follow dimitri make sure you tap the link in the show notes so that you can follow him and you guys one way to make this podcast grow is by leaving a review sharing it And if you share it on your Instagram, make sure you tag me at underscore Cheyenne Williams. That way we can share these awesome messages with the world. I am so extremely grateful for the time that you guys come every day to listen to These episodes, and I just have a special announcement for you. I am hosting a free one-hour mastermind called "Let's Get Acoustic." So, if you are wanting to learn about the ins and out of healing your gut, the ins and out of having a growth mindset, and how they are interconnected, and you're not really sure where to start, this is a great opportunity. The mastermind will be on Zoom. It's one hour. It's going to be held on June. First, So make sure you tap the link below to register for that because I promise you, you are not going to want to miss it. It's going to be absolutely amazing. We're going to talk about how you can use food as your medicine and how your personal care products impact your mental stability as well. And then some healthy coping skills and meal recipes that you guys can do to reverse the effects. So again, stay tuned for more information and tap the link in the show notes for more info. Also, if you are wanting to register for one-on-one coaching, I do have some spots available. I am accepting five new one-on-one clients, so if you are wanting more information on that as well, you can actually find the link in my Instagram bio. So, Go follow me on Instagram, tap the link in my bio and ask me about all the yummy juiciness that goes into my one-on-one coaching programs. So I love you guys. Go have an awesome day and let's continue to spread joy to the world.